Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Lane Healy. And I'm your guest host, Tim Malone. Here's what's in the news for Wednesday, November 30th. Quinnipiac University's endowment increased by over $200 million during the July 2020 to June 2021 fiscal year per a 990 tax filing form obtained by the Chronicle. The university's endowment was valued at roughly $750 million in the fiscal year 2020-21, an over 38% increase from their previous fiscal period. In comparison, Fairfield Sacred Heart University had an endowment of about $247 million, roughly a third of Quinnipiac's. Vice President for Public Relations John Morgan wrote in an email to the Chronicle on November 28th that the $200 million increase in endowment was thanks to 37% investment gains due to favorable market conditions during the fiscal period. News editor Katie Langley has the story. Quinnipiac University President Judy Olian bought a $3.8 million home on October 11th. The over 4,000 square foot property is located in Arizona and will serve as Olean's second home, according to Associate President of Public Relations, John Morgan. Her primary residence is her university-owned home in Hamden, Connecticut, which she purchased for $6.5 million in April of 2018. Morgan says Olean does not plan to retire anytime soon and declined to say how she'd split her time between the homes or who will be covering the travel cost. Quinnipiac University administrators are seeking approval from the Hamden Traffic Authority to relocate the Mount Carmel shuttle stop for the second time this academic year. J. Howard Frommer, a civil engineer at Nathan L. Jacobson and Associates, who represents Quinnipiac, submitted an application to the Traffic Authority on behalf of Quinnipiac to construct a temporary shuttle stop along New Road. According to Quinnipiac's Vice President for Facilities and Capital Planning, Sal Filardi, the relocation is intended to provide a temporary shuttle stop for students away from South Quad building construction. The news has brought mixed emotions from students as it is the second time the stop has been moved this academic year. Quinnipiac University is spreading holiday spirit in Hamden. Bobcats joined city residents in making holiday gift bags for senior citizens to be distributed at a lunch to be held on December 9th. The event, sponsored by Quinnipiac, the Miller Senior Center, and the Health and Wellness Council of the Hamden Regional Chamber of Commerce, will have about 100 senior citizen participants. Students are encouraged to donate items at locations across Hamden, including the Alumni House on the Mount Carmel campus. The donation period ends December 2nd. This year's Grammy nominations were released on November 15th and contributing writer Jennifer Molia was shocked to see Turnstile made the cut. Turnstile, an American hardcore punk band, is nominated for three awards in the rock category. The band's success comes after the release of their 2021 album, Glow On, which caught the attention of media outlets like the Rolling Stones, Billboard, Forbes, and others. Molia says Turnstile's nomination marks a huge moment for the hardcore music community. While hardcore music has centered around the idea of being an outsider since its rise to popularity in the 1970s, the turnstiles have proved that even outsiders can sometimes fit in. Big Time Rush fans will finally be able to listen to the song Paralyzed on all streaming platforms. The song was originally written 11 years ago and was featured on the band's self-titled sitcom on Nickelodeon. Despite this, it was not included on any of the band's soundtracks released from the show. Arts and Life editor and huge Big Time Rush fan Neha Sinarine was delighted to see the song's long-awaited release and felt nostalgic listening to it. Disney Plus released Disenchanted on November 18th, 15 years after its predecessor, Enchanted. The film follows Giselle, played by Amy Adams, as she tries to make sense of the real world, which doesn't include the fairy tale magic of her home and Elysia. 
As she adapts to her new reality, Giselle's lovable personality quickly transforms to evil as she falls into the role of wicked stepmother. Arts and Life editor David Mato says the movie made him feel like a kid again, and while most sequels are notoriously worse than the original, Matos argues Disenchanted was just as good, if not better, than the first film. Associate multimedia editor Jack Muscatello says filmmaker Steven Spielberg's latest work, The Fablemans, is his most personal yet. Released on November 23rd, the drama follows a young Sam Fableman as he struggles to make it big in the movies. Along his journey, Fableman is pushed and pulled by the opposing voices of his cautionary father and emotionally motivated mother. Fableman exists as a version of Spielberg himself, shedding light on his complex origin story. You can read Muscatello's review in this week's issue. After NBC canceled the popular drama series Manifest, Netflix saved the day, releasing half of the fourth and final season on November 4th. The first part of season four includes 10 episodes with the second part set to release next spring. While managing editor Nicole McIsaac doubted that she would enjoy the show, she quickly became a fan and says it's perfect for binging. The series follows passengers on the Montego Air Flight 828 who became supernaturally connected after the plane mysteriously went missing for five and a half years. Mick Isaac applauds the show's strong acting and embedded life lessons within each episode. The Netflix original Falling for Christmas was released on November 10th, and it features a familiar face. The movie marks Lindsay Lohan's triumphant comeback to romantic comedy. In the film, Lohan plays a spoiled hotel heiress who develops amnesia after a skiing accident with her boyfriend, played by George Young. While Arts & Life editor David Matos finds the plot to be overdone, he praises Lohan's stellar performance and calls it a fun watch. This week, staff writer AJ Newth tackles pubic hair. Shaving is a societal norm with more than 60% of women opting to go completely hairless and 50% of men regularly trimming or shaving their private areas, according to a 2016 JAMA dermatology study. However, Newth argues hair should be discussed in a more positive light due to how natural, healthy, and helpful it is to our bodies. She encourages readers to do whatever makes you comfortable, safe, and happy, no matter what others have to say. It's no secret that what we see on social media can impact the way we see ourselves, and the curvy Kardashian sisters have monopolized users' feeds since their popular reality show, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, was released in 2007. Known for their big butts, the Kardashians were rumored to have gotten Brazilian butt lifts, a plastic surgery procedure that takes fat from other parts of the body to enlarge backsides. While BBLs quickly became a trending beauty standard, the Kardashians recently became drastically smaller, and some speculate they may have had their surgeries reversed. Editor-in-Chief Melina Khan questions what this means for the future of BBLs, and how the Kardashians' smaller size might negatively impact body image. In opinion, staff writer Alex Martinkova says flying home to the Slovak Republic for Thanksgiving break was a very bad idea. Although she was happy to see family, friends, and her beloved dog, the return home has put her in a constant battle with jet lag. She slept for 13 hours straight her first night back. Read about Martin Kova's thoughts on travel and jet lag struggles in this week's issue. Sports editor Ethan Hurwitz says separating artists from their musical work is crucial in today's cancel culture society. But contributing writer Jen Molia says you can separate the art from the artists only if you aren't lining their pockets. Hurwitz believes while troubled artists like Rex Orange County or Kanye West have made mistakes in their personal lives, their music doesn't harm anyone. For a musician to make just $1 on Spotify, you'd have to stream their song 300 times, so Malia says listening is harmless. But buying concert tickets and merchandise is a different story. She firmly believes in putting your money where your mouth is. Hurwitz argues people should be able to make their own decisions when it comes to listening habits. 
Staff writer Ryan Raggio has lots to say about living on the York Hill campus. Last year, as a sophomore on the Mount Carmel campus, he was eager to join his friends on York Hill for his junior year. While parking in close proximity to the M&T Bank Arena are a plus, the shuttle system, short dining hall hours, and lack of food choices are problematic. Donald Trump announced his presidential candidacy for the 2024 election, and staff writer Jacqueline Prestrita says we should all be terrified about it. She argues the twice impeached president who's currently involved in more than eight major lawsuits and investigations is a direct threat to our national and international well-being. Yet a survey from the data analysis company Morning Consult found that 48% of Republican voters would vote for Trump if the primary was held today. According to Pestrito, Trump has created a dangerous extremist base and his re-election would put democracy at stake. In sports, the Quinnipiac women's basketball team lost its first game to Kent State and won the consolation game over Lehigh during the 2022 Christmas Classic last weekend. Contributing writer Jennifer Molia says the Bobcats will have to focus on sustaining offensive pressure to keep momentum going in the right direction. Their next game will be on December 4th against St. Francis, which has only won one game so far this season. Quinnipiac men's soccer junior midfielder Terrence T.J. Wilder is far from his home in Miami, but this does not hinder him from representing his Floridian roots. On the field, his speed and fancy footwork were helpful in the men's soccer team's run to a MAC championship. Wilder's smooth playstyle was part of the reason he got the nickname Suave. After leaving Quinnipiac, Wilder hopes to continue his soccer journey as a player or through coaching. Read more of Associate Sports editor Ben Jurgen's feature on Wilder in this week's issue. The women's volleyball team at Quinnipiac University dominated the MAC championship on December 2nd. For the first time in program history, the Bobcats took home the MAC championship title and defeated a slew of teams, including Iona, Ryder, and Fairfield. With a secured win, Quinnipiac now prepares to face off against the defending national champions in the NCAA tournament. After starting the season on a historic 5-0 start, Quinnipiac men's basketball has stayed on the top of the MAC for the entirety of the year. And even though they lost Sunday's game against Hofstra, Sports editor Ethan Hurwitz says they shine on the international stage, achieving their best record since the 1969-70 season. They will use that success to help them climb to the MAC. Quinnipiac's hockey teams are leaving it all on the ice. The men's team won the Bellpot Trophy as champions of the Friendship Four tournament on November 26th. While their 3-2 shootout win over UMass was recorded as a tie, the Bobcats now rank third in the nation and got the confidence boost needed before heading back to the ECAC hockey play. The women's team also took home a win last weekend and secured the Nutmeg Classic tournament title. The Bobcats are now one step closer to reaching their goal of an NCAA championship win. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Lane Healy. And I'm Tim Malone. Be sure to pick up this week's paper or check out our website, quchronicle.com.